Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, Jamar got it to Boots, saved it to White, over to Caruso. Hello, and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply, it's Chicago Bulls thing. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network. Wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. And if you're lucky enough to be watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, give it a thumbs up and leave some comments down below. Because we do appreciate them and just lets us know who's watching. I'm Matt and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm good, thanks. Um, just over a, a batch of man flu. So, of course, you know, naturally enough, I nearly died. But um, I'm on the men now. <laughs> I'm coming through it, so ready to talk some balls. Yeah, um, and obviously there is quite a bit to get through uh, since our mm. last episode. Uh, last episode we did, we give our current um, sort of player rank uh, ratings. And that, I can't remember what day we did it, last Tuesday, and it was just before the Celtics game. And in that episode, I said about wanting to see Tory Craig, you know, stay fit, stay healthy and push on to become the unsung hero of the team, which I had him down for. After we finish recording, comes out, he's out for two to four weeks before getting re-evaluated with a strained knee, picked up over the All-Star weekend, uh, away from, obviously, Bulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said about, obviously, wanting to see P-Will, and um, him push yeah. on. We then get the news that he is going under season-ending surgery on his foot problem. So that, that was either side of the uh, the Celtics game as well, wasn't it? We've got the Toy Craig before it, P-Will after it. I think that's how it worked. Um, obviously, the Celtics game, I had it down to be a loss, and that's what we got. Um, no point going over it too much because I think it was as expected. Competitive yeah. for so long and then just disappeared, you know. Yeah, but the, the problem is that Boston team, as we said, is a is an almost flawless team, really. And yeah. they absolutely wiped the floor with us. As soon as they decided to put the foot down, that was it. The balls were just left in the dust. Uh, yeah. And it it really does illustrate how far we have to go from where we are now yeah and 
I mean, when you think as well that last season we were, did we split the series with them? Yeah, I think so. so yeah, you know, well, and we were. It was three one or three two, or two each anyway. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I know how it's just flipped where we're just basically getting embarrassed by you. You know, mm-hmm. as to be fair, a lot of the league are at the minute. But well, yeah, obviously we highlight what Bulls are doing. So yeah, um, obviously after that, like I say, we've got the P Will news, um, and that kind of led people to. We've got to go into the buyout market. We need to go into the buyout market. Now, obviously, we both kind of said we didn't particularly want to go into the buyout market before the mm. injuries. Well, yeah. But, you know, and it's kind of like, well, now we're in, got the injuries. You, we've got to get bodies in. Don't really matter yeah. who it is, but they can still fulfill a need, a skill set, whether it's three yeah. point shooting, size, whatever happened to be. So, AK been. AK decides to convert on Ralph Bateem to a standard NBA contract. Supposed multi-year deal. Um, I think it's come out today what that deal actually is. It's basically the same as Carly Jones' deal from last year. Yeah. You know, converted for the rest of this year, and then it's got dates and guarantees fitted in ready for next year. And that's to me what where the, well, it, it, it was kind of like confusing, frustrating, and to me, worrying, um, the, the B-team deal. Uh, I don't know how you sort of felt about it. It, it kind of seems to almost have him hanging over a cliff now, really, which is not is not ideal. Um, you know, likening it to the Colic Jones thing, we all know how that played out. I mean, we were, we were both quite excited about what the team could be in the future for the Bulls and the fact that he potentially now needs to prove something but might not get the minutes in which to do that. It's it's kind of, it, it feels like a bit of double jeopardy for him, really. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I think it was confusing to a lot of Bulls Nation why they'd done it, mainly because he's on a two-way. You could have just played mm. him. You know, you didn't have to convert his deal. You know, it's frustrating because for the same reasons, basically, you know, and it's like you could have used that space and that money to bring somebody else in that Mm -hmm. you are going to play, possibly. And to me, it's worrying because, like you just said, it echoes the Carly Jones from last year. Yeah. And we know how that panned out, you know. And when you listen to the likes of Casey Johnson saying, and think he's going to get minutes. It's basically you put in the money there for trade sort of value and stuff like that. You know, it kind of looks like it could be the end of his Bulls career. Mm. Um, because after that, we got the news that Archie's coming back, Ryan Archie's going to go, um, and kind of thought that was going to be a two-way deal, possibly, you know, because mm-hmm. six-foot-three guard, on a two-way is just heaven for Billy, isn't it? That, that's the yeah, answer. Is. <laughs> I'm four, basically. Um, but anyway, that doesn't seem to have transpired into the two-way because on Sunday, well, it was Sunday for us, just after Windy City's last game, comes out that we're signing Andrew Funk to a two-way deal, which yeah. today has come out that it's supposed two-year two-way deal. Which yeah, I saw that. 
we've seen that as before as well and yeah the end still end up getting waved or whatever so to me you've got henry drell who's been in the system for three years now sonogo where you know we wanted to see him get minutes and then you've got funk now you know where does the team fit back into a two-way deal if that's what's going to happen yeah i mean i don't know if you can go back to a two-way deal after being on a standard if you know if you get waived and re-signed or whatever yeah i say there must be some sort of a loophole that you could be waived and re-signed on a two-way yeah um but yeah it's just none of it is particularly pleased bulls nation has it the the signings no. and all that sort of stuff it, it just doesn't feel like it's enough and and that's the problem do you know um Bulls Nation is still waiting for some sort of a big bang, which, you know, we've been saying for some time now, it's not coming. Yeah. And it certainly wasn't going to come in a buyout market because there just wasn't any big names out there. And we don't have that much cap flexibility anyway to, to play around with big names. And there's, you know, two-way deals, conversions, nothing like that. It's, it's all going to fizzle out in the eyes of most of Bulls Nation and, and they're not going to be impressed with it because it just doesn't feel like enough, especially when we feel like we're falling so short all the time. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're not wanting to talk too much about it now because it's going to be the main segment of our mm-hmm. pod. So. But, it, it, yeah, it's just like, there's no, doesn't seem like there's any end goal with what AK is doing. I know it's all end of bench type stuff and what have you, but when we've got this many injuries, it just doesn't make sense what he's done. But let's say, before I talk too much on it, obviously we then did have the the Pelicans game, uh, Sunday night slash Mm -hmm. Monday morning for us. And I had it down as a loss because they were a form team. I think they were just coming in, they're coming on the second of a back-to-back? Yeah, I think they've won six in a row or something. Yeah, and they just had that game against Heat, and they where they picked up. No, that was it. Yeah. They'd had a back-to-back, then they had a day off, and then they faced Bulls. That's what it was. Um, because in the, the day off, they got the suspensions. That's right. Um, you know, and even still, you know, I know they was out with, uh, they didn't have CJ um, McCullum and stuff like that, but it's still a strong team, and the mm. end of the day, they've still got Zion who, yeah. if he feels like it, can be an absolute wrecking ball. Yeah. But throw Alex Caruso out there, and he's not really. Um, yeah, but obviously we come away with a win. Quite a comfortable-looking scoreline in the end as well, wasn't it? it well, did... that came from a late push. Yeah. And there was a few runs in the game where we go on the scoring drought, as we tend to do. Pelicans peak a little bit. And then we come back into it. And obviously, another player we're going to talk about in a little bit seemed to spark it in the, the third quarter in Dale and Terry mm-hmm. with that sort of steal and his breakaway you know, bucket. Um, you know, so, it, yeah, good win. Um, and it, it kind of shows what this team can do, even with the amount of bodies out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um I know you were kind of in and out of the game with your, your man flu and you had to rewatch yeah, it. So. I, I, I sat up the following day and I rewatched it from start to finish. I didn't just watch highlights, don't worry. Um, yeah, so, so I could really I mean, take you it probably, in. I'd say you probably got a better recollection. Uh, recollection there. 
yeah, that word. Keep trying. Or recollection. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> recollection? That's the one. Um, so I'm here to help. Just ask. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I can speak good Spanglish. Um, yeah, very good. Impressive. <laughs> yeah, so you've probably got a, a better memory of the game. I'll go that one. <laughs> Can't say that word. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so what was your general sort of take on that before we move on? Yeah, I, I thought it, it felt like it was a bit of an uphill struggle, even though we were kind of keeping up with them for the first kind of um, two and a bit quarters, I suppose. Um, and normally the third quarter is, as we know, it's our failure quarter. It's where it all flops and goes horribly wrong. Um, but we seem to make a bit of a, like you say, it was off the back of, of a play and that ignited the balls into action, really. And from midway through the third quarter, we, we looked like a team that had an agenda and that agenda was to to keep stifling all of their offence. I mean, the amount of points that we got from breaking down their offence with defensive stops and breakaways and, and to play that kind of fast break basketball seems to suit the young unit of the Chicago Bulls team. And, uh, and it's something I hope we get to see more of because it really was effective late in that game. Yeah, and I mean, it, to me, it was a solid team performance, which is why I yeah. struggled with the, the bull of the game. Obviously, it eventually went to Demar, um, which, when I think back, I'd have probably personally given it to Caruso, um, but Ayo was up there and Vooch was my first initial choice yeah. as well. And to I me, that my vote. that yeah, that was um, but you because you weren't on the live thread because you. No struggling we didn't get that far <laughs> uh so we did have gary in the live thread who yeah just confused everything by throwing everyone's name at me um you know, so <laughs> cheers gary <laughs> hence why i went with demar because i thought it was a perfect game from demar or the perfect game you want to see from demar where right. it wasn't all about demar and yeah. he hit that three-pointer near the end which pretty much iced it do you know what i mean and there's a video on our Twitter at the minute, which I've took from um, Johnny Dribble Too Much, where it explains what he was doing in the gym and then shows him doing it on the court, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's... I just felt that his veteran head was there at the end of the game because there was another play just after that where he was on a bit of a sort of breakout. I can't remember the exact build-up to it. And he just turned away from the bucket and I think there was a foul after it. I don't know, I can't yeah. remember the, like I say, you maybe remember it better than me. Yeah, uh, DeMar got fouled and went to the line and then after that, Kobe was fouled and went to the line. I think. Yeah, so, yeah, that's to me why DeMar got it. But anyway, so, yeah, um, I guess we move on to the main bulk of the episode and kind of come out because of everything we've just discussed like, you right. know, over the weekend, basically, because I got into a bit of a discussion on the, I think I shared the highlight video of OB, and I think it was on that, I can't remember, someone, because I, I said basically just play him, because it's the only way we're going to see what he's capable of, and somebody right. come in the comments saying, Billy's not paid to develop players, he's paid to get wins, and the conversation okay. went from there. I was in a bit of an ass over the weekend, to be fair, so probably didn't react the way I 
could have done, should have done. I can't remember. I didn't didn't say anything too out of turn, but I just I want in the mood for. So he got to see the real Matt, is what you're saying? Uh, just the face you put on for Series UK. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <yeah. laughs> you don't know what the answer to that, do you? <laughs> I kept it, kept it, you know, a bit PC. Should we toned, say? toned down? Yeah. Um, but I, I wasn't saying what I really wanted to say. Um, yeah, so anyway, obviously it led me to ask, you know, you had a few points and we kind of put it under this thing now of, is it, do we want to see this team compete or develop, basically? Right. And there's obviously a few other podcasters that have been doing similar things about a certain player, shall we say, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get into in a minute. And yeah, so... Because my point to him was, what are we actually competing for? You know, at this point of the season, what are we competing for? You know, we kind of look like we're locked in for the ninth seed. Yeah. You know, Hawks have just lost Trey Young for four weeks, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so they're probably not going to catch us, or we're going to stay, you know, to and fro in like that with them. And Nets just, you know, I think the top 10 is pretty much what he's going to, or the top 10 teams are the top yeah. 10 teams now. I think Nets are in free fall and um, Atlanta could potentially go that way now with Trey Young being out. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the standings now, Hawks are two games behind us. Nets are five games behind us. So that, you know, that doesn't look like it's going to change that much. You know, mm-hmm. It's the teams above us, obviously. That's what, he was looking at and when I, I sort of said well what chance have we got to get into the six seed at the minute six seeds Miami you know we've just mm-hmm. seen Jimmy Butler a bit of load management getting his suspension for trying to be acting the hard man you know hold me back hold me back make me look hard handbags at dawn idiot um I don't know why people think he's a he's a tough man because what has he ever done apart from stand there with people holding him back, shouting? That's all it takes. You sell yourself. You could go Thomas Bryan and start bitch slapping Jose Alvarado. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> Draymond Green or Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but anyway, you know, so as it stands there, they're in six seed on a, on a, four game win streak at the minute and then you've got Pacers and Magic both lost their last games and they're a bit like Bulls at the minute in terms of they'll win two games then they'll lose a game then they'll win a game and you know so we're never going to catch them because we're basically on par with them do you know what I mean but we've yeah we've seemed too far behind them I mean at the minute we're four and a half games behind Magic you know, and our schedule's about to get pretty tough as well. Yeah, so, week of hell. Yeah, that to me, what what are we competing with? What are we competing for? Do we want to get in as the eighth seed through the play-in to face Celtics and get completely embarrassed, or are we? Do we take this opportunity to develop? The young players and the players like OB and the other two-way guys. 
And I guess another question is, can you do both? Yes, that would have been Can we get the wins? Yeah. Because to me, at the minute, we've got all 15 roster spots are full. We've got no Lonzo, no Zach, no P-Will, no Tory Craig for the foreseeable. So three of them aren't coming back. Tory Craig is going to be back, but how many games is he going to get at the end? You know, So that takes you down to an 11-man rotation. OB, chances are he's not going to get many minutes. That's a 10-man rotation. Terry Taylor, all right, he had a few minutes against Pelicans, and I thought he looked all right, to be fair. Didn't do yeah, a lot, he did. but he was, you know. Take him out, that's a nine-man rotation. And then you're going down to, like, Julian Phillips and Dale and Terry that are two in and fro in the minutes. You know, one minute, yeah. Dalen's getting two minutes. The next, he's getting 15 and the same with Julian Phillips. So you take them out and you're down to seven-man rotation, which we know Billy loves. Yeah. But what he's also doing is he's playing DeMar 40 minutes a night, Kobe 40 minutes a night. You know, Ayo's now stepping up to doing 40 minutes a night because he's in the starting yeah. lineup. Caruso's playing far too many minutes for somebody who's held together by duct tape. Yep. You know, Vooch, you know, God knows what's going on with Vooch. Sometimes it looks good, sometimes it looks shocking. And then even the likes of Drummond, he seems to have dropped back down to 15 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, if we do get to the play-in and we can get to the playoffs, what condition is this team going to be in? Because Billy is persisting with burning them out. And that's where this whole signing the team didn't make sense. You bring in another usable body, do you know what I mean? And and still be able to use the likes of the team, Sonogo, Drell, off the two-way. So, yeah. Let's say, question is, can we do both? And what would you prefer to see? Yes, I think we can do both. Um, I think now is the time to start giving more minutes to these young guys. And not just garbage time, like real minutes in the middle of the game when it matters. Uh, and like, it's the only way that they're going to develop and it's the only way to see what we've got in them. And I think we've we put ourselves in a position where we can get away with doing that a little bit because like you say, you know, the furthest we can get realistically isn't much higher than where we are now. And unless we absolutely tank every game, the likelihood of dropping down and out of the playing picture is is pretty low too. So we've kind of got this little window of opportunity where we can play these guys and look, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, you're sitting back down again and you move on. But to not use them and to just let them burn out on the bench and then get rid of them at the end of the season makes no sense to me. And... We ended up giving the likes of IO minutes when we had to, DT minutes now that we have to, Julian Phillips minutes when we had to. And and they've all proved themselves as being usable pieces. It's not perfect. Nobody's saying it's going to be. Nobody's saying it's this is the answer. But what I am saying is this is the time. This is the opportunity in order to do it, where it won't really do any major damage to us if it doesn't work out. And... Yet the upside, the upswing is there that it could 
show us what we could have going forward into the future, even if it's not really for this season. Moving forward, it just gives us a better picture. Yeah. And the thing is, by giving them minutes now, whether it's Phillips, whether it's Terry, whether it's Bettine, the games are still semi-competitive, 90% competitive, however you want to word it. Do you know what I mean? Because we are still playing for something. Other teams are still playing for something. Mm-hmm. Playing them in the last two or three games of the season, that's when they're not competitive because right. teams are starting to rest players because they're already in the playoffs or yeah. completely tanked or whatever. So why do we want to see Kobe White still out there playing 40 minutes against Knicks on the last game of the season when it's a nothing game? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then at the same time, you don't want to see that be the first time that Dale and Terry gets 30 minutes because it's a nothing game and you're not right. going to see what Dale and Terry can actually do. The, the way we're going to see what they can do is by playing them now in meaningful games. Exactly. And that goes down to even the two-way guys. You know what I mean? Because I'm not saying play them 20 minutes, but no. the likes of the team, give him five to 10 wow. minutes of... Oh, hello. Um, Back in a sec, you keep talking. <laughs> yeah, you know, with Bettine, for example, you give him five to ten minutes of solid, decent basketball, and we're going to see what he is capable of. And if, like you said, if it doesn't work, you don't play him in the next game. But if it works, Oh, we've got a three-point shooter now that can come off the bench. All he has to do, you know, he offers a bit of grit from what I've seen of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't exactly set the G League alight, which I think is maybe what a lot of people was expecting. But what he's done is he's, he's learnt the American game and he's looked solid. Yeah. He's now got to learn the NBA game. And the only way he's going to do it is by playing. And like I say, if he comes in for five to ten minutes puts up five or six three-pointers, hits three, four of them, goes and sits down again. He's had a major impact. And I'm not saying he's going to get us to the playoffs. I'm not saying he's going to help us win a a championship. But like you just said, it's what they offer next season and possibly the season after. And that's the same with Julian Phillips and Dale and Terry. If these three players now... To clear, you know, and even I suppose you can throw Terry Taylor into it. Mm-hmm. They're end of bench players, and we've got Dale and Terry locked up for at least another two years on his uh, rookie deal, which is, is it four or five million, whatever it is. I can't remember now. I can't remember either. Julian Phillips is on less than two million, I think. Uh, Batim, I think he's going to be on one point something million. Terry Taylor's on a, a short, like a, a small deal. So for less than 10 million, you've got four players there that at the minute, we don't know what they're capable of. Right. But potentially are solid rotation pieces that you're not going to say, I'll put them on the court, start them. But you're going to be like, why aren't they coming into the game? This is the perfect situation now for the team to come in and put some threes up. Perfect situation for Dale and Terry to just come in and cause a little bit of chaos, spark the team, add the bit of energy. 
perfect time for Julian Phillips to come in and just fly, basically. You know, volleyball, block it, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Because from what we've seen of them, that's what they're capable of. And like I say, it doesn't have to be 20, 30 minutes a night. They can do that in 10 minutes a night. But that 10 minutes also gives the chance of Kobe White, DeMar DeRozan to sit for an extra five to 10 minutes as well. So they're not mm-hmm. getting burnt out. They were not, you know, like against Pelicans, that foul on Kobe White, for example, that could have gone drastically wrong. Very much so. Ooh. That was the um, rabbit. Sorry, I'm having a real problem with animals tonight, so I do apologise with all the noise. <laughs> you froze on my screen as well then, just after that big bang. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, it's gone. Um, my dog's having a conniption out there now because the rabbit made a big bang. <laughs> Professional. The joys of, of recording at home. <laughs> um, I've lost my train of thought now. Yeah, so it's. <laughs> um, I'm going to kill the dog. Hang on a second. Ah, <laughs> uh, um Yeah, I got, like I say, I've lost my train of thought. But it, you know, we don't want to see Demar playing for forty minutes a night, risking injury. Don't want to see Kobe playing forty minutes a night, risking injury. We don't want to see Caruso playing. 35 minutes a night and then you know been demanding that he's going into an ice bath because he's just been run over by Zion all night you know what I mean it's just so by allowing Dale and Terry more minutes Julian Phillips more minutes it's just reducing their minutes and then if we can be competitive in the play-in and we can get to the playoffs DeMar DeRozan's not burnt out Kobe White's not burnt out Caruso's not you know, got more duct tape on. So, like you say, it, now is the perfect time to play these players. And okay. there's no reason why we saw against Pelicans. We can win with this beat-up team that we're putting out there. And, you know, there's no reason why we can't beat Bucks, for example, because they're not exactly setting the league alight at the minute. Why can't we beat Bucks with Patine playing five to ten minutes? Do you know what I mean? That yeah. that's that's where I'm at with it. And like I say, and it's even the same as far down as Sonogo and Drell. We don't know what we've got in them. No. Are they just gonna be two way G League players? Or can we do a Miami Heat and convert them into legit NBA? rotation pieces you know he didn't know what they had with Hayson Highsmith or whatever his name is until they played him Lakers didn't know what they had with Caruso until they played him you know and we don't know what we've got because we don't see him mm-hmm. so yeah and and to go back on what you were saying a little while earlier you were saying like you know there's four potentially even up to five or six pieces that we can play and see see what we have we're not saying that all four or five or six of those players are going to be, you know, uh, diamonds in the rough or we're going to strike gold with them. But, I mean, if you give them all a bit of time and, and a few minutes and see do they develop, is there anything that, in there that they can maybe 
nurture or work on or bring out, you could end up maybe pulling out two or three players that have become usable pieces. And that also gives you a vision into the future of, okay, these are the ones that we're going to keep and these are the ones we're going to let go and go in a different direction with. And at the minute, we just don't know. And we don't know because we're not playing them. Yeah. And obviously the one player that we wanted to talk about most in all of this is Dylan Terry because of his performance against Pelicans. And this is the player that I alluded to earlier on that other podcasters mm -hmm. have now started to highlight and has he arrived basically and all that sort of stuff. And it's like I said to you, me and you have been sat in the train station on the DT train all the time and we're now yeah. ready to go with it, you know, ready to you know, get, get going and everyone else seems to be now willing to jump on board with it. Yeah, we, we've comfortable seats up in the first class carriage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and, you know, that one game against Pelicans doesn't mean that he's arrived. But that game against Pelicans has shown, or it showed me what we've said about him the whole time. You know, you've always said, give him a minute. He only needs a minute. Yeah. You know, I've often liked him to, you know, a wish Lonzo Ball with the energy of, Javante Green, basically, he'll go out and do everything at a lower level than what Lonzo Ball does. He can score points, he can get your rebounds, he can defend, he can, you know, full court passes sort of thing. And, I mean, against Pelicans, I think he got 15 minutes, two points, which was off the back of that player that sparked the comeback. Mm -hmm. um, he got maybe like three assists, four rebounds. I can't remember his exact stat line. But the one that stood out was he was a team high plus 17. Yeah. And it's a stat that I don't like. I've always said that. I don't understand it. But for the analytical type people out there, it stands out. And that's because that that's what we've always said with Dylan is he's not going to win you, maybe not even going to win your games, let alone championships but it's the effect he has on the rest of the team right because like you say that one player seemed to spark not just him but it sparked everybody and that's what you want from him you know and unless we start playing him more he's never going to develop the parts of his game that everybody's saying he needs to develop like his shot you know the game needs to still slow down for him you know, I'm not saying that he's he's going out there and he's going to win Rookie of the Year or you know he's still classed as a rookie and he technically, um, you know, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and Bulls fans are going to demand it in the starting lineup because I know he's not that sort of a player. Obviously, everyone goes back to the fact that he was the 18th pick. So what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's just to me that's just a number. 18th pick, neither neither here nor there, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's just, you can get an absolute bust or you can get a legit NBA player, basically. Yeah. And I just think that's what Dylan's going to develop into is a legit rotational NBA player mm -hmm. who you're not going to be that bothered if he gets into the starting lineup. You're not going to be that bothered if he's coming in as a sixth man, whatever it happens to be. 
as we've said, until we see him, he can't develop them extra parts of his game. You know, his shot, he can work on his shot all he wants in the gym. He can work on the mechanics of it. But the game has to slow down enough for him to make a good shot. That, to me, is what he needs to work on, not the mechanics of his shot, because we've seen that change already. It's the fact the game just needs to slow down for him and he needs to... The, the rhythm of the game needs to come together for him, mm. if that makes sense. It just yeah. needs... It need, it, putting it all together now, basically, into... You've got the skill set there, you've just got to know how to use the skill set. Right. Um. So yeah, I know, obviously, you're... You're now quite hyped about DT as well, so I'll let you... Yeah, I am. And, you know, like you say, we we have been kind of in his corner uh, for the most part. There have been, you know, a few wobbles here and there, but for the most part, we've been in his corner purely because the kids just... I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm on my own in this, but I just find him so likeable. Yeah. And even when he wasn't playing particularly well and we weren't even sure could he break out of, of whatever level he was at, um, which is now proving that there is more potential there and a, a lot more people can see that. But you still kind of wanted to keep him around because if nothing else, he, he was a real morale lifter off the court and even on the sideline. You, you, you know, how many clips have we used and you use that one every single uh, time we win a game? Um, it's not a Bulls win unless DT says so. And, uh, you know, he, he, there's just something about him. Now the game is beginning to come to him a little bit more. Like you say, it still needs to slow down a bit. But the potential now for his game to develop and to become a part of him, as well as his positive attitude and his mental toughness and how he does not give in to negativity. You can just see that that is that that exudes through his whole body. This will not give in to negativity. If he misses, he doesn't care. He'll shoot it again. Yeah, if he only gets one minute, and he'll ch- yeah, and he'll chase his own shots too. And and if he doesn't get any more than a minute, or if he sits on the bench for one, two, three games, doesn't matter. When he does get on the court, he'll run around every second he's on the court trying to do whatever he can to affect the game in a positive way. There's just something about him that I just, I'm just really drawn to. And what I like about that kind of a player that plays with pure heart and hustle is eventually basketball will come to them. If they keep trying hard enough, the skill set will either develop or it will break through. And, and I'm not saying he's going to become a top tier player or anything like that, but he will become a fundamental piece that can be used by whichever team he's on, whether that's Bulls or whether he goes somewhere else. The exciting thing for me is he is and always has been a great passer of the ball, right? He has great court vision and he plays at pace and can still pass the ball very well at pace. When the game starts to slow down for him, the passing side of his game is going to be phenomenal. It's, mm. it's going to be his biggest asset to the team, his distribution and the fact that he'll get stuck in, fight for the ball and kick the ball out and, and sees things that not, not all players see. And I suppose that's where, you, you know, you're, you're likening him to, to the Lonzo ball light version of him, do you know? And if he gets 
if he gets his shot together a little bit more and the game slows down for him, I think I think there's going to be good things out of this kid. I really do. Yeah. And I think the big thing that I take with, with Dylan is, and it comes from Kobe White, is you've got, we've got our patience. You know, mm-hmm. start of this year, everybody was wanting to send him to China, the same as everybody wanted Kobe gone. And the reason, for me, the reason why, yeah. <laughs> and to me, the reason why, in particular, Kobe and Ayo have developed into two of our best players now is because they've been given the minutes, they've been given the opportunity to do it. And that's just what Dalen needs, you know, like everyone says he needs to work on his shot. Yeah. You know, in this day and age, this NBA, they do need a shot, unfortunately. But I think he can impact the game in other ways. Like you say, his passing, his hustle, stuff like that. And I mean, if you if you actually look into his history a little bit as well, he didn't have a very good uh, college career because of COVID and he come into it with a knee injury. He was on a podcast with his old um, college coach um, yeah. a couple of weeks back and it was all on there. And his coach said it was his mentality that got him through it. You know, he, he knows he's not the best player on a team, but he can be the most impactful player on a team. Right. And that's what I think you kind of see with him. Now, there was a game... I can't remember if it was a Celtics game or if it was the Cavs game before the All-Star break. Julian Phillips, I think he'd fouled somebody and his head dropped. And Dalen was the first person to him and he was tapping him on the chest and basically saying, lift your head up, don't let it bother you. And I think what that is, that's leadership. And that's in a, a year two player who's only, what, 21? Yeah. And... I think that he's well liked in the locker room as well, in the in the same way that Kobe is, and was, yeah. you know, and that's developed into the leadership now side of it. And obviously, we've seen I think it was a Sixers game where he pushed Caruso into position, so he's not scared to go against the vets, you know, not not against them. That's the wrong word, but he's not scared to to tell them, you know, mm-hmm. he, you know, that if Demar's kicking off. DT is probably going to be one of the first ones there pulling Demar back because he he knows when to do it and when not to do it sort of thing. And you know that we're going to see endless workout videos from him this summer because he's going to want sure. to work on his game. You know, his body's finally sort of catching up with itself. He's put on a lot of size now uh, or a lot of muscle. And, you know, we saw it. Just after he got drafted, he was up in Toronto, the, I think it's the Rico Hines, where he was working out with the likes of Pat Bev and the, the Raptors players and stuff like that. Last year, we see him going down with uh, Johnny Dribble too much and Demar, you know, and this is to me is where Demar is crucial in the, the mentorship is because he's instilling a certain mentality into the players like DT and P. Will. Yeah. Even if Demar's not on this team, you know that DT is going to go work out with Demar in the summer. Yeah. And next year, if they're not on the same team, they'll be working out together because they've got that thing now, and that mentality is going to carry through with players like DT. And as we've seen with the workout videos that Johnny Dribble too much does put together, whether it's Kobe or Demar, 
what they're doing in an empty gym does translate onto an NBA court, which everybody always says, I want to see. Now, that yeah. one that I've just put on of Damar, there is a video, or there is an extended version of it, which I've seen, and Johnny Drew too much is talking over it. And Demar misses, he, I think, hits two or three in a row and then misses the next two. And he says, the reason why I've kept this out there is because it shows that they do have to keep working on the game, basically. That, mm. you know, and obviously that's the side the NBA players don't want you to see because they want to right. see, you know, they want you to see them hitting five threes in a row, for example. Do you know what I mean? When that's not their game. And that that's going to be true with the likes of Dalen probably Julian Phillips in this this off-season as well. They're going to go work out with Johnny Dribble too much or whoever it is they go to, and we're only going to see the bits that they want us to see. We, but the bit we don't see is the amount of hard work that they're actually putting in in the off-season, and that's all part of development. Of course. You know, so, yeah. Uh, I know you had one more little question. To, to throw out there yeah okay so I'll, I'll put this to you um on the back of what we've been talking about can this team reach the elusive 500 before the end of the season right what are we now three behind three behind pistons tonight then calves so i'd say mm -hmm. by the time we're going to march we're still going to be three behind I'm jumping ahead with my predictions there. But I've also looked at March's schedule because I've put together the in UK Times and I've not done proper predictions for it, but I've gone seven and eight. That's how I see we come out of it. It's pretty brutal. It's a lot okay. of West Coast teams. So if that's how it happens to be, by the time we get to April, we're going to be, what, four? Or below, if I've got off my predictions. Okay. I haven't quite looked at April's schedule, but I know it's very Knicks orientated. Um, yeah, there's two Knicks games to go <laughs> back to back, isn't there? Yeah. Obviously, they're going to be garbage games anyway at that point of the season. So you're going to pick up wins where you probably don't expect to. Mm hmm. And I guess it comes back to what we've just been saying. Play the younger guys, develop the younger guys. If that's what we decide to do, do we? does that cost us games or does it help us win games? My sort of answer on it is I don't think we do. I think we finish three below off okay. the top of my head. Um, I haven't crunched the numbers, the figures or the games like you have at all. Um, even though you did send me the list. Um, however, I think the, the way this team tends to leave people um, as fans and the way things tend to go, I reckon by some irony, uh, irony, irony, <laughs> we end up finishing one below 500. Hmm. So now, you... I'm not sure how we get there, but that's what I reckon will happen. Just just enough for us to think we might and just enough that we don't. Like we've said at the start, we're pretty much locked into the play-in now. Yeah. If we finish one below 500, 
that's the same as last season. Mm-hmm. If we can develop the players on the way to get into that, as we've just alluded to, mm-hmm. to me that it's not a successful season, but it's, it's as, as successful as we could hope for, especially after the way we played at the start of the season. Yeah, I then mean, the, the it whole, was the start of the season that killed us. Yeah, then the whole Zach thing, the injuries, do you know what I mean? It's been an absolute nightmare. So, it, to me, that's where we've now we've got to develop the players because that could be the highlight. I mean, yeah, Ayo, Kobe, absolute highlight of the season for me, you know, before we've even got to the end of it. that That's going to be what this season's remembered for, for me. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd take one below, to be fair. <laughs> At this point. And the reason why the likes of Kobe and Io developing is considered to be a success in your eyes and other people's eyes as well, including my own, is because now that gives us something that we didn't really have, which is hope going forward. Yeah. So um, it, it kind of helps you to kind of push this season to one side a little and think, right, we can focus on what's going to happen next year. And it also gives me hope that there is something with DT and Julian Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. So it just needs that little bit of patience and that little bit of, you know, nurturing, basically. But it's quite funny, isn't it, that this season we've started to see players develop and given us hope of developing younger players into the future. It's the same year that we took on a development team, isn't it? Strange. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, as we just said, we've got uh, Pistons up well tonight actually, or tomorrow morning for us. So chances yeah. are you probably watch that game by the time this you listen to this. But yeah, obviously, I'll be editing we'll, it while I'm watching the game. Yeah, we'll give our predictions for it and the next two games as well. Possibly even the next one after that because I don't know when we'll be back. But anyway. Um, yeah, Pistons tonight. What are you saying? Um, I think we, we have to beat the Pistons. We have to, yeah, I know they, they're athletic, but I think we, we have to beat them. I mean, obviously, they're coming in on the, the second of a back to back, and it's the start of a back to back for us. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. we don't tend to do well against teams coming in, or we don't do as well as we think we're going to do on the teams coming yeah. in on the second of a back to back. And they're pissed as well after last night. Um, yeah. Monty Williams is probably going to get fined for calling out the refs, saying it's the worst refereeing decision of the season. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's it's all over Twitter, all over Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Genzo basically rugby tackles uh, Thompson and then they turn the ball over and net, uh, Nick's go on and get the, the winning basket, basically. Um, rightly so, he's pissed off. What that says to me is that Pistons were in that game to the end, mm. despite obviously the way the two teams are, and they're going to come in tonight pissed. Whether the players are going to be able to use it to their advantage or not, you know, obviously they're without Stewart after he decided he was a boxer, um, so that's one down. And to me, this is a perfect game to throw someone like Batim in. Because it's against the worst team in the league. So, like you say, we've got to beat them. So, I'm going to win this one. Uh, tomorrow night, 
Um, tomorrow night, obviously, we've got Cavs at the UC as well. Uh, what's that I say? Second of a back to back for us. We're not doing very well against Cavs of late. Um, we've got better, I guess. We uh, our Cavs are playing tonight as well, actually, against Mavericks. So, didn't know that. Um, so that changes things slightly, I guess. Both on back to backs. Yeah, and they're obviously then having to fly in from Cleveland to Chicago as well. Again, doesn't mean a thing with this Bulls team. Uh, I still think we lose that game. Yeah, I do too. I think we lose that game. Uh, and then Saturday is the start of what is going to be a hell of a week for us in terms mm -hmm. of tip times. The teams they're facing are exactly decently, <laughs> you know, are good for us. Uh, we've got books on Saturday at 3 a.m. in Chicago. Yeah. Why it's 3 a.m., I don't know. But anyway. Uh, it's an ESPN game. I know that much. Um, I don't know if Just that's Probably why. fitting around the TV schedule then. Yeah. Uh, like I say, books, what are you saying? Loss. Yeah, I think it'd be the same. And then Tuesday, we'll, I'll throw that one in because chances are we record after it. Another 3 a.m. tip. And it's the start of a West Coast trip, and we're going to Sacramento to face the Kings. Yeah, I, I know I want to say loss, but I can't say three in a row, so I'll say a dub for that one. Yeah, see, I'm I'm going to say three in a row. Ouch. So make the most of beating the worst team in the league tonight. Let's hope we do, or else it could be four in a row. Yep. So yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, I've got nothing else. I don't know if you have. Nope. So yeah, like I said, chances are we'll be back next Tuesday after that Kings game. Um, probably very tired because it's going to be a long day. Um, the time of the tip don't bother me. It's the fact that I usually start work at five o'clock, so mm. chances are I don't get to see the end of it. But anyway, I'll I'll figure some out. But yeah, until then, I've been Matt, and you can find me on Twitter at MattSeraDuk. And you can find us on all the socials at CRedUK. And you can find me on Twitter at NeilCRedUK. On behalf of both of us and the Fans First Sports Network, thanks once again to everyone for tuning in. From us both, do remember it's a Chicago Bulls thing wherever in the world you are. And until next time, see red people. Go Bulls.